You tuned in to the Coach Onamdi Show on WAMU 88.5. Welcome. Later in the broadcast, we'll be talking about Through the Cracks, a podcast from WAMU and PRX, investigating the 2014 disappearance of eight-year-old Relisha Rudd. But first, over the past hundred years, dozens of human remains, including entire skeletons, have been unearthed on the 3300 block of Q Street Northwest in Georgetown. So far, the remains that have been analyzed appear to be of African descent. Researchers think the site may be a forgotten African-American burial ground. What we do know about the burials in Georgetown, or what do we know about the burials in Georgetown, and how can researchers and residents study the human remains while also honoring the history of the people? Joining me to discuss this is Elliot Williams. He's a staff writer for DCS who wrote this story. Elliot, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Gaja. Good to hear you. Sorry I can't see you, Elliot, but it is what it is. Elliot, in your recent DCS article, you looked at the history of human remains found in Georgetown. Over more than a century, archaeologists and homeowners have discovered skulls, limbs, teeth, and more on this Q Street block. What led to you writing about this topic in the first place? So, Kojo, uh, a year ago, almost to the date, uh, I first learned of four bodies being discovered on Q Street on that 3300 block. Um, And I just wrote a news story about it, you know, just covering uh, what the police and what uh, the city knew initially and dug a little bit into the history, but it was pretty basic and a short story. Um, but in October, uh, this past October, uh, Jim Johnston, who's a local writer and historian who's fascinated with Q Street, he reached back out to me and said that there might be more there, um, both historically and physically. There might be more bodies and that this might be um, a hidden African-American burial ground. And so that piqued my interest, especially given the racial justice protests over the summer when we've been talking about black bodies and black lives. Um, So I started digging into there and calling residents as well as uh, archaeologists locally. I cannot tell you how many times over the years I have wrote past the 3300 block of Q Street Northwest. It's usually one of the streets you go through if you're going from what part of Northwest to the Georgetown side of Northwest. Um, and so uh, you, you care to describe the block? Absolutely. Uh, it's very peaceful. You know, I've been there a few times just on weekends to get a nice stroll through the neighborhood. Um, the homes are, you know, very gorgeous. They're million dollar homes. On one side is Volta Park, which is this sort mm-hmm. of slice of recreational heaven. You know, there's a pool, people playing tennis, children playing. Uh, but on the other side, lots of construction. Indeed. How many bodies have been uncovered in that area? And what do we know about them? Well, that's a great question, Kojo. Um, to be honest, uh, there's no definitive number because since the 1800s, uh, dozens of bodies have been uncovered and not every single person reported them to the city. Uh, but recently, you know, since 2005, uh, archaeologists and locals have uncovered plenty. Uh, currently, the Historic Preservation Office is storing remains belonging to at least 28 individuals. Uh, and so those are bodies that are waiting to be uh, fully investigated, fully studied so that they can date them, you know, find out when they were buried as well as find out their ancestry. So far, uh, seven have had analyses, uh, both 
preliminary and formal and all appear to be of African descent. So that's where a lot of these questions come up and, and why historians are digging into that area. Elliot, you mentioned the Historic Preservation Office. Um, and I guess that's, that's who these things have to be reported to. Um, but what challenges do homeowners face when they find these remains on their property? That's a wonderful question because, you know, when, when you're going about, you know, renovating your basement or getting a pool dug in your backyard and you find a skeleton, you know, a lot of times these residents call the police. You know, they think it might be a crime scene. And so the police, you know, the homicide unit does show up. Uh, the medical examiner's office shows up and determines this isn't a crime scene. This is of historic significance. And so that's when they call uh, Ruth Tricoli, the D.C. official ar state archaeologist. Um, and so she comes in determines it is historic uh, remains, and then also calls upon the Smithsonian's anthropologists who have background in this kind of work, you know, throughout the region. Uh, and so that's when it, you know, goes into the hands of the city, and they determine from there what to do. But homeowners themselves, you know, they, they want to know more. I spoke to a few residents, actually, in the, in the area who, you know, have theories of their own, but really want to know who these bodies belong to uh, and, and want to know what will be done with them. Um, what are the different speculative theories about why there are so many bodies buried on this one block in Georgetown? So the leading theory, or one of the leading theories, is that uh, this might be part of a cemetery that was right across the street. I mentioned Volta Park, right? Yep. Before, that was the Presbyterian uh, burial ground for a church that, that was there. Um, and so some theorize that, you know, this might have been evidence that, uh, you know, Washingtonians, uh, black Washingtonians worshiped there and were buried in that cemetery, but in a segregated part of that, that graveyard. Uh, but others think that these were, um, you know, land records show that some of those homes were owned by uh, black Georgetowners and that they might have been buried underneath their own homes. Um, although no evidence has shown that throughout the area, um, you know, some think that this might be evidence of the Underground Railroad, Uh, going through Georgetown, we know of notable uh, slave trade hubs throughout the region. Um, and it might show that, uh, you know, free black Washingtonians were hiding and keeping people safe in, in this part of Georgetown. Uh, so those are some of the theories, but there are definitely more. Here now is Charles, who is in southeast Washington. Charles, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hey, how are you doing, Kojo? Doing well. I just want to give thanks for the anthropologists and archaeologists for doing this historical work. Uh, I was very interested in the Foxhall Plantation in Western Georgetown. And uh, something I read in Martin Luther King Library one day, I walked in there, and it said uh, John Foxhall was a benevolent slave owner, and his uh, slaves became Methodists and learned to trade. He, don't, uh, he would release them. And so a lot of the slaves migrated from western Georgetown or Foxhall over to uh, Foggy Bottom and set up maybe two, two, two miles away. And just understanding that history, the migration of black people, as well as some prominent black people who became free and moved to Glover Park and set up uh, farms in that particular area as well, which okay. today you can't hardly find that many black people in that area. Thank you for sharing that with us, Charles. 
Um, Elliot, you spoke with an anthropologist at American University, Delon Justinville, who said the burials might be linked to another pandemic that happened more than 150 years ago. What did he have to say? Yeah, Delon Justinville was a very interesting uh, student at American University who's making this the subject of his PhD dissertation. Uh, and so he has been has been called upon by the city to make you know devote years to this work. Um, and so he looked up and found out that the cholera cholera pandemic of 1832, um, you know, could kill entire households within a day. Um, and the city at the time didn't always know exactly what to do with those those uh, you know bodies. And so there are old newspaper clippings that he has found through through research partners and through his own uh, research that show, you know, uh, at the time, canal workers and uh, low-wage laborers, when they died, to be honest, the city just buried them where they could in, in previous burial grounds and in mass graves. And it kind of reminded uh, Deland of what he's seen during the current pandemic, you know, mass graves on an island near New York. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's sort of drawing that parallel that it's often the marginalized, the, the people of color, the poor immigrants that, you know, are the first to be hit by uh, health crises and drawing, drawing those, uh, those lines together. Elliot, are there any connections between these burials and the Underground Railroad? You know, that's a question that many uh, people are wondering. Specifically, um, I have to mention Georgia Ravitz. She's been on that block since 1998. Um, she's one who, one of the residents who looked up her land records uh, and found that her the first owner of her home uh, was black. And so... You know, there's there's a theory uh, that that this could be in connection to uh, the Underground Railroad that free black uh, Georgetowners, you know, at, at the time in the early 1800s, 30 percent of Georgetown's population was uh, black Washingtonians. So there is a, certainly a possibility that, uh, you know, they could have helped uh, bring people to D.C., which, you know, was at that time a bit of a safe haven uh, for escaping slaves. Here now is Anne in Washington, D.C. Anne, your turn. Go ahead, please. Hi, I was married and lived in at 3317 Q Street for the first year of my marriage in the 60s. Um, my mother-in-law at age 99 died uh, three years ago, and her four children, my sisters and brothers-in-law, decided to sell the house, and in the process of doing that, they found, I think, two, but for sure one body in the basement. Uh, the arm of the person was sticking out from the side of the wall. And um, your guest has said exactly what they did, which is, or what they had to do, which was to check with the police so that it was determined that they just they hadn't killed somebody just, just then, and um, then they checked with the Smithsonian, and I know my sisters-in-law could tell you more, but they may not be as much of a fan of Kojo's show as I am. Okay, thank you very much for sharing that with us, but Elliot, we only have about a minute left. In your article, you posit an important question. What's the best way to study, respect, and honor bodies that are recovered from the earth beneath modern cities, victims of injustices that happened long ago? What did you hear from the people you talked to for this story? 
So uh, speaking to the, both the researchers and the residents, there's definitely an interest to find a final place for these bodies. I know that one teenage girl uh, that was discovered, she, uh, they placed her body now at the National Museum of Health and Science in Silver Spring for research and curation. But a lot of people wonder, you know, who has the right to rebury these bodies? You know, yeah. if you find descendants, Only got know, about if you 20 find biological left. descendants, absolutely. You know, if you find descendants, what will they want to do? Will they even want to be faced with the possible injustices that happen uh, to these residents? You know, so that's a question that remains. Uh, there is yep. legislation in place nationally to, to think about these questions. So there's a possibility that they could be reburied. Elliot Williams is a staff writer for DCS. Elliot, always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Kojo. Going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking about Through the Cracks, a podcast from WMU investigating the disappearance of eight-year-old Relisha Rudd. I'm Kojo Namdi. Thanks for listening to The Kojo Namdi Show. And if you're already a member of WAMU 88.5, thank you for your support. If not, it's easy to give online at wamu.org. Just click the Donate button, and thanks.